Welcome, Nexus Church family, to our series titled Connect Here. Now, it will not take you very long to figure out that this series is all about who we are at Nexus Church. However, I realize many of you who are listening today will not attend Nexus Church at any time. You may live in a different country, different city, different state. But I want you to hold on because I believe that this series is for anybody who calls themselves a follower of Christ. Why? Because the church is not a building. It's not a location. It's not a statement of faith or a bunch of rules that we follow. It is people. You make up God's family, the church. And over the course of these nine weeks, we're going to be covering what God's vision is for you. How do you engage in the church? What is, what is it that he wants for you most? Well, we're going to be looking at the pillars of the church, what really makes up the core of who we are as a body. What should that be? It impacts your life because it's how you engage in ministry. And then we're going to talk about the values of, of what it is that we are as a people. What do we value? How do we carry ourselves? What do we, how do we, and what do we do as a follower of Jesus? And so my hope is that you can follow along over the course of these nine weeks and, and examine yourself. Take a look. What is it that God is speaking to me? And if you're not part of a church, I encourage you to go to a church that has these same values and pillars in their church so that you can be engaged and grow and develop into who Christ has for you. If you have any questions or ways that you want to get a hold of us, you can go to nexuschurchmn.com. You can find all the ways to connect with us there. And I hope that you enjoy today's message. Welcome back, Nexus Church family, to our third week in our series, Connect Here. Now, again, as we made reference in the intro, whether you're a part of the Nexus Church family in person or you live in another community and you're not part of our local body, I believe even though this series is about who we are as a church, you can apply these truths to your lives, these core principles, these pillars and core values that make up our church family, I believe is something that's transferable to your life and should be applied to your own personal walk with Jesus. 
Now, to begin, we talked about God's vision for you and what he's called you to. He's called you to be part of the local body. We talked about what the local body entails. And now this week, we're going to be taking a look at a broader spectrum of what the church is and how you can be engaged through your church or through your local body of believers to your community. I believe that the church should love the community it's been placed in. And you are a part of the church. A church is nothing. It's not a location. It's not a building. It's not a set of rules or standards or doctrine. It's about you. And it's about you activating into your local community that your church body is placed in. And so today we're going to be looking at where Jesus commissioned his followers to continue his work. We call it the Great Commission. And it's found in part in Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. And I'd like to read it to you today. And then we're just going to focus on the very first part. And in a few weeks, we're going to take a look at the second part of it and examine the the multiplication side of it. Today we're going to look at the go, where Jesus calls his disciple, calls us as his future generation disciples now, present, to go. And what does that look like? Both in a church community and in your own independent life. And so, Matthew 28, verse 16, we read, The eleven disciples traveled to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped, right? And so Jesus had, had died, rose from the grave, and now he was back with them, spending his last moments with them. He told them to go, and they went to a place where he would meet with them. And so now here they are getting to see Jesus one more time face to face. And he says to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Now, if we backtrack to verse 17, after they worshiped him, it says, Some doubted. Some doubted. Jesus responded to their doubt. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Think about that for a second, right? These were the same 11 disciples that saw Jesus for three some odd years. They seen him turn water into wine. They saw him multiply loaves and fishes to the hundredth degree, right? Like they'd seen him raise people from the dead, preach to the crowds, care for the most notorious of all diseases, things like leprosy. He healed them all. He put the religious elites in their place, such to the point where they couldn't even respond because of Jesus' wisdom and his ability to speak truth in love. They've seen it all. And when they had seen Jesus, even though they obeyed him to go to the place where he told them, some still doubted. 
And Jesus' parting words said, All authority has been given to me. Go, therefore, <laughs> right? Like, he's just pretty much laying it all out there. All authority has been given to me. Like, stop doubting. Stop questioning. Like, like, I think he was a little passionate here, right? I mean, we have go. We have all authority. He's making his statement here. When, when we read these words, we... We neutralize them. We kind of sanitize them. They seem so passionless. But I think Jesus was like, I'm here. I'm present. God gave me all this authority. Now go. Go. You have a job to do. Go. Therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go. Make disciples baptize them, teach them to observe everything that I have commanded you. Remember, I'm with you always at the end of age. So Jesus, in his passion, says, go. He looks at them and he says, you are what I'm banking on to continue building the kingdom of God. Jesus' sole purpose was to build the kingdom of God, to lay down his life, to live perfection, and to lay his life down so that we could have access to the Father, to build the kingdom of God, so that all people, not just a few, but all people could be in the presence of God forever. Now, disciples, friends of mine, James, John, Peter, Matthew, go. I'm sending you, go. 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 All authority. And if, if, if you question yourself, brothers, and maybe there was a few sisters there too on the peripherals that were listening in, if, if you're hearing me and you're questioning yourself and you're still doubting, he ends with, remember, friends, I am with you always. In Luke's account, he tells them to wait in the upper room, to wait here until I send you the promise, the Holy Spirit, who would teach you all these things and help you remember and give you what? Power. To be what? My witnesses. Right? Jesus, in, in the account of Acts, as he was going, he also left them with the command to go with the power of the Holy Spirit that I will give you. And you'll be my witnesses here through Judea, the outskirts, and beyond to the unreached. And so today, if maybe you're thinking, man, this, this is a little heavy. This is a little harsh already. Like, uh, I'm not sure that I'm, I'm following here. I'm not sure how I can track. I'm not sure how I can accomplish what Jesus is saying here. He says, 
you need to be willing. I realize that it's tough to make a disciple. I realize that that going to people who might not receive you well is scary, but remember, I will be with you through the power of the Holy Spirit. I am sending you. You can accomplish all things. I love how Smith Wigglesworth put it. He says, you can do more in one year if you're really filled with the Holy Ghost than you could in 50 years apart from him. Now, Smith Wigglesworth, whether you know him or not, he is an old, old time Pentecostal preacher who used the word Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Spirit. If you spend time in God's presence, if you read his word, if you allow him to speak to you and you speak to him, you will have the power needed to be a missionary, an evangelist, a proclaimer of the good news wherever you are. You don't have to go overseas. You don't have to have this big platform like Billy Graham or you name your favorite evangelist of today's day. You don't have to be somebody big for God to say go to. We all are called to go. And for the remainder of our time today, I want to give you some just practical tools of how you can go and reach people wherever you are. Whether it's in your neighborhood, in a school, at work, or on some foreign field. Here's how you can obey God's call for you to go. To be a witness for Jesus. And as we read in John and in other parts of the Gospels, including Matthew 5.14, Jesus clearly said that you are a light to the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden, that's you. He's placed you right where you are to be a light, to push back the darkness so that people can see the goodness of Jesus. And so number one, on how you can go and fulfill the call of Jesus on your life, reach out into your community and just be present. Now, I realize that seems so ridiculous and almost like, well, what does that mean? What, how, how do I be present? What well, Nexus, we just look for places that are already going on. In our community, we have this summer community festival called Riverfest. It's as simple as going to Riverfest and being with the people there. You'd be surprised at how many people you might see that realize that you love your community, that you want to be a part of what's going on. It could be as simple as going to a sporting event or a choir concert or a band concert, whatever it might be. It's being a part of what's already going on. It could also mean 
partnering with other organizations. At Nexus, we like to partner with an organization called Elevate. It's as simple as being where those organizations are already occurring and just coming alongside them and supporting them, whether it's financial or volunteering or just showing up and saying, thank you for your participation in our community. Thank you for offering what you offer. Elevate offers that after-school program that helps kids. It's as simple as showing up there and saying, thank you. Thank you for providing a safe place for our kids so that they can be with their friends and stay away from the crazy things that are out there. And then lastly, you can even offer up something. Maybe there's not something that you're passionate about in your community. For us at Nexus, I saw a need for getting people prepared for back to school. There are so many parents, maybe they're first-time divers and sending their kids to school. We can offer a back-to-school event that has organizations that are doing good in the community, helping kids be prepared for school or helping parents who might have a need for their kid that they didn't know existed that is out there. We have people donate school supplies and clothes that they can pick up and help them if they can't afford some things. So it's offering a need maybe that you see is out there. And every year we continue to see different things transform out of that that we didn't see was a need before that we see now and there's people who are coming up alongside us and helping us. It's as simple as looking out into our community and seeing where people are and joining them there. That's community connections. It shows the community that you love it. Another thing you can do in going is by serving. By serving. By giving of yourself to the truly needy. Now, like I said, the back-to-school event kind of hits different elements because it's community-minded, but it is also serving. There's a lot of different ways that you can serve in a community. You can volunteer, like I said before, at an establishment that's already serving people. You can care for your neighbors. You can care for the elderly. You can care for maybe kids or the distressed that are in the community. You can also provide maybe a skill that you have if you're a business owner. But serving comes underneath someone and says, I'm willing to give of myself for you. I'm putting myself at your service. Rich Mullen put it this way. He says, Christianity isn't about building an absolutely secure little niche in the world where you can live with your perfect little wife, your perfect little children, your beautiful little house. Christianity is about learning to love like Jesus loved. And Jesus loved the poor. And Jesus loved the broken. You see, before we can share the gospel, our community, the people around us need to know that we care more about them than their butts in our seats or their money in our offering plates. They need to know that we care for them. Especially now in the day that we live in when people look at Christianity and say they're nothing but, but hypocrites. They're nothing but haters. I, I'm challenging you today. Listen to me. 
I am challenging you to flip the script and to show your community, whether that's a small business, your neighbor, your school classroom, or the community at large, if you are put in that place of leadership in a community, I'm challenging you to show them every which way possible that Jesus loves them. And there is no strings attached. Just do that. Right? I realize that the Bible has a lot of things in it that can really offend people. But let me tell you, Jesus didn't approach lost people by slamming them with a bunch of rules that you have to act this way, you have to be this way, you have to, to say certain things. He came to them and he said, God loves you. God wants a relationship with you. He loved unconditionally. And yes, Yes, he looked at them, and he, he eventually told them truth, but he first hit them with love. For those who were religious and elite and thought they knew everything and didn't have a heart for God, he, he went the other way. But with those who were truly hurting, God looked down and said, I love you. I have better plans for you. He hit them with love. And out of that love, comes a better way to live and then he hits them with how to live for god but first first he hit them with love and that's what we are called to do to come alongside serve to come into our community and look around and say i love these people i want to come alongside them i want to be at the games that they're at I want to go to the concerts that they go to. I want to I eat at the establishments that they have. Does that mean I have to participate in the, the evil that they No, but I can sure go there. I can sure play softball on the beer league and not take a sip of beer and be a light to those people. I can do that. Because here's the thing. I can guarantee you that if you're intentional about loving people, eventually... Things will happen. Crisis will happen. Or they're going to take a look at your life and they're going to say, there is something. There's something that you have that I don't have. And they will inquire. You see, eventually, the tide will turn and they will ask and you will have an opportunity to share the gospel. Because here's the thing, friends. Eventually, you need to share the love of Jesus. You see, all the support, all the financial help, all the cool events and ways that we can serve and care, it doesn't matter if their souls are destined to eternally be separated from God forever. So understand what I'm saying. We need to serve just like Jesus served. We need to care. But eventually, whether it comes up in conversation or we've gained that relational, I guess, bond where we can call them out eventually we need to look and call them out to a better way to live eventually we need to give them an opportunity to respond to the good news of jesus so as we come to an end today how do you connect a person to jesus how do you go from that i'm going to the lost people to giving them an opportunity to respond to jesus
Because that's where I struggle. And I'm, I'm pretty confident that's where a lot of introverted people end up. And the people I serve predominantly are in the introverted world or somewhere in between introvert and extrovert. Not really all the way, one way or another. And so if you are that person, how do you successfully reach a person when it's not your natural bent to be an evangelist Jesus follower? Well, I want to encourage you to look up the Engel Scale. It's spelled E-N-G-E-L, Engel Scale. And you can see all sorts of different information out there. And there's, it's a beautiful scale. And if you look for images on the Engel Scale, it'll show you that there are many steps in your walk with Jesus. And it takes a lot of people nine steps to get to the place where they accept Jesus as their Savior. And they are transformed into the image of God from there on. So nine steps. Now zero being they have no clue of who Jesus is. One, they've been introduced to some kind of form of Jesus. They know what church is. They've heard of Christianity. But that's about it, right? Like there's a lot of tiny little steps. And sometimes people go from zero to, to seven, right? Sometimes people start out in their world and they, they, it, the culture in like particularly the South or the conservative areas of America, people are already well into the fours and fives. But it can still take a long time for a person to go from four or five to nine, right? And here's what I want for you. Your job isn't necessarily to take a person from zero to nine into acceptance of Jesus. What I want to encourage you today is to help a person take the next step in their walk towards nine. What does that mean for you? Maybe for you today, maybe you just need to be a person who's a listening ear. Maybe that's where you're at with the person that God puts on your heart to reach to. Right? You're not called to save everybody. And you're not called to take everybody from zero to nine today. Your job is to take the one person that God puts on your heart, maybe two or three people that God puts on your heart, and take them from, say, a two to a three in the next year, in the next two months, in the next two weeks or two days. Take that person. Care for them. Walk with them. Just listen. Listen to their heart serve them when the opportunity comes take them to the next level take them to the next level after that and eventually you have the opportunity to either lead them into a prayer where they walk into a relationship with Jesus or maybe you invite them to church did you know that research says that two thirds of the people that you're a friend with right now would walk into a church or some kind of evangelical Christian event if you invited them. Two-thirds right now of your friends. Now, it might take three or four or five, maybe six or seven invites, but by the seventh invite, two-thirds of the people would come if you invited them. Friend, I hope that you get encouraged today before we can ever make disciples, before we can ever baptize a person. It begins with going. 
the great commission, God's call for you, God's call for the church, the people of God, is to go. Reach your neighbor. Reach your family member. Reach your classmate, your coworker, your boss, your teacher. Reach them by loving, serving, and inviting them. That's, that's easy. That's something everybody can do. We have to be intentional and make it a priority. And so this week, will you pick that one person who you know right now, if they, if they don't change their ways, they will spend eternity separated from Jesus. I want to pray for you right now that you will do that. Father, I pray that you would put on our hearts, my heart, every person listening's heart, whether they're listening today when this, this message goes live or whether they're listening 10, 20 years down the road. God, I pray that you would pour your spirit into their heart and you would break their heart for that person that, that you know is separated from you. That they would come alongside and serve them, love them, listen to them, and invite them, Father, to take that next step. And eventually that step into a relationship with you. Father, empower them. Just like you promised that you would be with us forever when you sent your Holy Spirit. God, would you send your Holy Spirit now in a fresh, empowering new way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening today or watching today. And if you have any questions, please reach out to us at nexuschurchmn.com where you can find all of the ways where you can reach out to us, whether by phone, text, email, or messenger, or some kind of form of communication. You can find it there, and we will see you again real soon.